0: Hello and welcome to Turns in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining our podcast today, as we go into the Word of God. And before we begin, I want to give you a couple ways to reach us. One through mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061, or you can email us at Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. That Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. And there are several ways, and I don't do this often enough I think, but uh today there are several ways our podcast uh, apps that you can reach us. From Spotify to uh, finding us on through Google, through Google searches, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and I'm sure there may be several others that uh I don't can't remember right off my off hand. But again, it's important that for me as a minister of the word and minister of the gospel that I take the word in every aspect that I can. And I think for the coming year and years beyond, as God gives us strength and and enables us to uh, expand, I believe that it's important that we, while we have this time, while we have this, uh, this ability to take the word freely and to publish it and to speak of the good news of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. And most importantly, not just that, but that how he did it, and that's through faith in him, faith in his name. We don't earn our place in God. None of us, no matter how much good you can do, no matter how much um, uh, good deeds or things that you made from donating to the poor to taking care of the elderly, all of those things are good things, but they don't get you into heaven. Jesus is the only way for he said in the, in the, in the word, he says, I am the way, the truth and the light. No man cometh unto the Father except by, through me. And that me is Jesus Christ. And so that is my purpose of preaching, of teaching, of sharing the word, is to let all know, everyone that would receive from the words and the things that I give, I come from the Bible, I teach at times word to word, word, and uh, line upon line rather, because I think it's important. The most important thing for us is to receive the word of God and not only just hear it from me, but that you read it, you meditate on it and get a revelation of what God has for us. For the scripture says "It's through the preaching and the foolishness of the preaching and teaching of the word of God. That's how God he's taken earthen vessels, as Apostle Paul said, and that earthen vessel means that, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us know it all. But I have a share. I have, I have a, 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 a flicker of the wisdom, and as I've often said, that you know, we take in this life, we go just like a barefooted priest. We go, you know, we we enter along. We know, as children, the Bible says, as a, as babes desire the sensile milk of the word. This is how we must desire the word of God. If you don't excel, if you want to grow, if you want to see the things of God manifested in your life. You, we first have to get a, the knowledge of it and then let that that knowledge as we meditate on it, as we chew on it, that word will become knowledge. That knowledge will be, uh, can, can manifest into inspiration and revelation of who God is. And then what we want to get to finally is the manifestation of the power of God, the love of God, the wisdom of God, so that we can make a dis- difference. Yes, all of us want to be blessed and I want to be blessed. Physically, materially, health-wise, financially-wise, um, uh, mentally-wise, my family, uh, uh, from my from my employment, everything that I touch, I want it to be blessed. I want my fam- I want my, the people who are connected to me, my friends, because I believe as we take the word, and as we submit ourselves and humble ourselves unto God, He wants to be seen in us. The Scripture says that he, God says that let your good works be shown unto men. Now, I'm paraphrasing now that they will glorify God into heaven. Men should glorify God when they see you. Because for many, we are the only Jesus they'll ever see. We're we the only example of God that they'll ever witness. Whether we're working, whether we, we are, we're volunteering, whether we are in the church, whether we're in the hospital, where we're in nursing homes, whether you're riding the bus, whether, uh, wherever you may be, we go as an ambassador of Christ. And I know that if you're listening to me today and you're taking your time out of your schedule, you have, you want to be, I pray that you want to be an ambassador of Christ, that Christ is seen in you so that others will go through this transformation, this, this metamorphosis, uh, as, as a science, it says in science, where the caterpillar, caterpillar goes from that of a creepy crawly, as some would say, into a beautiful butterfly and that that happens because it's metaf- it's, it, 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 go, it changes, it metamorphosizes from one to the other, if I can say that word. And the scripture says it like this over in the book of uh, Romans 12 and 1. What does Paul say? Paul speaks to the Romans and says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be what be transformed be go through the metamorphosis go through the change and when you do that you'll be able to prove whether the good and acceptable and perfect will of god that should be all of our desires whether you preach, whether you teach, whether you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a grandma grandpa, whether you, 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 you labor on your job, whether you're a waitress, whether you're a janitor, whether you're a CIO or CEO, wherever you may find your position today, you can be better with God, with Christ. And we make a difference. And I often heard it, and I believe this with all of my heart. What we do, only what we do for Christ will last. You can take your money. You can become a millionaire, a billionaire, a trillionaire. But you can't take a dime with you when you leave this world. Only your relatives or those who you will your money to will determine what happens to that money after you leave here. But if you will invest in God, if you will invest in the gospel, that money will meet you in the next life. You say, how can they do that, preacher? Because you, whether you whatever you invest in, whether you invest in will you invest in taking care of the elderly will you, you you invest in the preaching of the gospel will you invest in uh radio stations or uh radio broadcasts or television broadcasts or, uh, a podcast whatever you do where you invest in your local church you and of course you should be paying your tithes and, and and giving your offerings there but what I'm saying is only what you invest in Christ will meet you in heaven your title will meet you in heaven it won't meet you. God will not care whether you, whether you were the good that you use your, your gifts. If you became that president or you became that CIO, or you became that janitor or that teacher or whatever the case may be, or that doctor or that lawyer. But the question become, what did you do with the God given ability and how did you invest it in the kingdom? How did you invest the time that God gave you on the earth? And to me, the most expensive thing we have is time. Because once you spend time, you can't get it back. Only God can redeem time. Scripture says so. He said, redeeming the time for the days are evil. God can make, he can make up, the, he can move you ahead. You can feel like you are have wasted time, you you invested in church, you invested in, in in school, you invested in this or that. The Father has the ability to redeem time for you if you walk according to his will, his way, and submitting yourselves, ourselves, myself, unto God, He will always, you will always win. You can give away every dime you have for the gospel. And through the leading of the Holy Spirit, you can never be God-giving. You can never be God. You You will never give more than God has given. You can give your life, but you know what? Your giving of your life will never trump what God has done by sacrificing his son. You will never. You can give all the money you have. Jesus gave up heaven. Can you imagine leaving the portals of heaven and all of the angels worshiping and you hearing and knowing who you are, being the son of God, God wrapped himself up in in flesh, came down to the earth and lived among men. There's no way your little puny job, I don't care what your title is, I don't care how big your house is, you can have a solid gold car, but it will never compare to what you have in heaven. The apostle says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the good things God had for those who love him. Why? Yes, God will show it to us through the spirit, but to see everything, and when, if, you, if you're privileged to know Christ and then be, and, and, and then walk into heaven, transition into heaven, the Bible says this whole world won't even compare That's nothing that you will obtain in the earth that can compare to what we'll see in the heavens. So today we're going to study uh, just a little bit today. We're going to go over to the book of uh, Matthew. We're going to talk about why Christmas. And the reason why we're we're talking about this today is because... and, and and maybe a title would be uh, why does Christ Christmas matter because there is a reason why we have this season and there's a reason why the enemy is trying, it has in many, in most cases he has demoted, he has X'd out Christ out of this time now I know this Christmas is not in the scripture but the birth of Christ is, the virgin birth is it was prophesied all the way back in Genesis and so and then referred to and the birth of the church in Revelation. So from Revelation, from uh, Genesis to Revelation, it always talks about Christ. Jesus said the, in the volume of the book it was written to me to do thy will, O Lord. To take away the first, to establish the second. Jesus, the taking away of the law means Jesus didn't come to destroy the law, he fulfilled it. So there is a reason why that Christmas we, we celebrate it because. It celebrates the birth of Christ. Now we know they've tied the Santa Claus and the reindeer and the the snowman, all of these things. But there's a reason why we should celebrate the birth Christmas because of the birth of Christ. For without him, our time on this earth will be just like dust, useless. So let's go now again. Let's go uh, to Matthew the first, t- first chapter, uh, the 18th verse. And we're going to just read some today and just talk about why Jesus and how the scripture, uh, and why Christmas and why Jesus, it, it was imperative that He came. Because if He did not come, how could we ever know joy, ever know love? But because of the passionate love of God for His people. That's why, if you know who you are and you know the depths, and begin just to understand the depth of the love that God has for his people. For this whole world. Not just for the believer. But because God loved us before we became believers. Now that's love. Again, let's go to Matthew 1 uh, chapter 18 verse. And it says, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And so as we read this, and I know many today want to disparage Christ and disparage Mary and say, you know what, really, uh, uh, Mary was not a virgin because that's just not possible. And surely, with man, it is impossible. But this was divinely spoken. This was divinely prophesied that Jesus was coming and that he was coming into the earth so let's just go real quick I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures here and we're talking about how that God set this up over in Isaiah Jesus, the, the scripture says over in Isaiah the prophet Isaiah said that God said that he will, I will tell you the end from the beginning that's around Isaiah 41 he talks about how God began to prophesy about his son coming about the deliverer coming about the, about the king coming and if you just read from Isaiah 41-53 to all those chapters it talks about how that God was, is, is, was preparing the way the shallow was coming. That's what uh, Joseph. That's what Jacob rather uh, spoke of in the book of Genesis. So let's go there first. Let's go to the book of Genesis. We're going to read uh, Genesis forty-nine, and let me let me get there quickly. Genesis forty-nine. I'm turning up. Genesis forty-nine. Let's see if we can get there real quick. Forty-nine, ten, and it reads, and this is as as, as Jacob was. Uh, getting ready to depart this life, he spoke to all of his sons about the future, their, their, their lineage. We all know that, Joseph, that, uh, that Jacob had 12 sons. And he began to talk, about, talk to Judah and tell him who he was. And he began to talk to Judah. I'm going to start here in the ninth verse. This is Genesis uh, 49: Judah is a lion's whip. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he, ca- he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall arouse him? So as we begin to, nobody knows our story like we know our story because God has given all of us the story of the love of God and His passion for us. Nobody knows and has walked in your shoes like you walked in your shoes. Nobody has an understanding of God like you have an understanding of God about what He has done for you, and just like He uh, uh, that that mo- that when. Mary came and when the the angel spoke to her and said that you shall conceive. And she said, how can these things be? It came to pass that the angel said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And because I believe again that that Mary had an understanding of what Isaiah said and what the prophets had said before her, she said, be it done unto me. Because she was willing to go through everything because she understood that God was for her. So as we read now, I'm just going to read read again. Now, read this over in Isaiah 9. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called what? Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Priests. He says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom to order it, establish it with judgment, justice, for henceforth even forever. For the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. How passionate God was to get to us. The Bible says in Hebrews, it says, uh, for the joy that was set before him, he, he, despised, he didn't want to go. He, he, who will not want to be stripped naked? To be, to be beaten and scourged, and have your beard pulled out. And on top of it, have all of the filthy, nasty sins that, that even any of us could imagine. All of it to come upon him. And then for every sickness and disease, to come upon him and it did. And the book of Isaiah 53 says that to look upon him, he had not, to, he didn't even look like a man because of all of the sin and the sickness that came upon him. And he did it for you and for me. I love it cause he did it for me. Now there are a multitude of people who don't realize, accept Jesus as, as Christ, as Lord, as savior. Because that's why I'd say Christianity is not a religion. It's not to be a religion. It's to be a relationship. Is your personal relationship as you know who Jesus is to you. You can go as high, as far, as deep as you choose in your relationship with him. If you want to see miracle signs and wonders, if you will go deep in your relationship, and I'm not talking about getting uh, all the DD degrees and every uh, master, the PhD, if you can get those things, good for you. But relationship means that I know him. And more importantly, he knows me. That's what the scriptures say would be in the last days. When many will come to him and say, Lord, I cast out devils in your name. I, I preached, I healed the sick, I raised the dead, whatever the, whatever the miraculous thing you may think of. And Jesus will tell them, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I know you not. What does that mean? If Jesus tells you, who, if you've been in church all these years, if you've been around the church all these years, and God doesn't know you, it means you have no relationship. Just think about it. There are people that know you. They will talk about you. They will talk to people about you. But when lies are told and when things are, you, all of us have had this to happen one way or another. Well, someone has gotten the wrong impression of you and they may start talking to somebody who knows you. And they will say, well, you know, Eric is like this. He's like that. I don't like it because he does this or that. But if you know me, if you know that person, you say, you know what? I know them. I've known them for years. And you're not talking about the same person I know. That's what I'm talking about, about having relationship. When you know God, you, when you know him intimately, it means you have what? A relationship. That's why Mary could sacrifice her body in pregnancy. And every mother who voluntarily becomes pregnant, pregnant, she puts not only her body on the line, she puts her life on the line. Because you can die in childbirth. You can die carrying that baby. The baby can die. But the mom, because she loves the baby, when she does it willingly, and many have done it when they they weren't willing to have a baby, but they discovered that they had one, and they were impregnated. And they, for the love of that child, some people love them so much they understand, I don't have a way to take care of this baby, and they give them up to to a family who can take care of them. For those, but, but those mothers who realize that my, my life is being interrupted. I'm, I can never for the next however many years. No, I would say for the rest of your life, you will nev- your life will never be the same. If you birth that baby and he comes here alive, your life will never be the same. But think about it. That's what Je- Jesus has more love for us than that. More than what a mother has for her child. Because that's who the Bible said that Jesus is, he is the everlasting father. And you said, why is Jesus called the everlasting father? I thought only God was, was the father. Jesus is the father of the New Testament church. Yes, he is God manifested in the flesh, but he's also the father of the New Testament church because he was, he was the first Adam. I'm sorry, the second Adam. Adam is the father of the, uh, uh, the fleshly man. He was the first father. Well, guess what? Jesus is the, first fa- is the father of the New Testament man. And when I say New Testament man, I mean men and women. But Jesus is our father because he birthed the church. What did he say? Unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. He says, "It's got to go into the ground." So when Jesus was wi- willingly laid his life down and went into the grave, came up out of the grave, and we all rose with him. And you know my, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is favorite, but Galatians uh, 20, 2:20 talks about how that when Christ died, I die yet not I. But he died for me. He died as me, and because he did, I live by the faith of the Son of God. We live. If you are a New Testament believer, Jesus is in you. So this is why Christmas is important. It's important because of what Jesus was born, lived, and died for. His whole life was about sacrifice. Sacrifice was, was important for Mary to sacrifice her reputation and put her life and her body on the line. Her reputation because she was unmarried and she was pregnant with a child. Her life was on the line because if she was pregnant, and she was, she could have been stoned to death. Then, here she go riding a donkey all the way over to Bethlehem. She could have died in childbirth but we know God had all, he had her in her hand. And because she did this willingly and obediently, she bore this man child into the world. And this is why we should celebrate Christmas. We should celebrate this season. And I noticed just a little bit today about all that Jesus has done, all that he bore for us. And we should be glad for everything that Christ has sent, bore, died for us because he's a, a, as the elders say, he's a mighty good God. I pray you got something out of this today. And as we preach to talk today in short, I pray that this season, this time, not just the Christmas season, but I think for every day, I pray that you wake up with a mind knowing that without him, we are nothing. We are, we are like, uh, as, as the old gospel song says, we're like a ship without a sail. We're just wandering, floating in the ocean without direction, without love, without passion, without purpose. You really do, if you really don't know him, but if you know him, and if you want to get to know him, God will give you purpose for your life, direction for your life, and shine a light into the darkness in this very dark, dark world. I wanna tell you he's alive today. Though he died over 2,000 years ago, he yet lives. He lives in me, he can live in you, and he can make your life better. I don't care if you're, if you're six to uh, nine to 90, he can give you a new day, a passion for life, a purpose for life, if you're only willing to follow him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time, this hour. Lord, we draw close cl- a closing to this year. We know many, Lord God, have lost their life over this time, and they're hurting hearts, and hurting minds, and hurting, uh, uh, Lord, people, whether they're saved or sinner, whether they're a believer or non-believer, there's so many broken hearts, Lord. But but you are the mender. You are the healer of broken hearts. You're the hope, O Lord, for us. You are our hope. You are our God. And we are so thankful for your sacrifice, for the gift that you gave to us. You are the reason for this season. You are Lord. You are Christ. You are King. You are God. And we thank you for this day. We honor you, Lord God, with, with praise, with glory, for there is no God like you. And I pray for everyone that will hear my voice today, that you, Lord, will lift him. And whether they are broken, O God, mend. Whether they're sick, O oh God, you are the healer. Whether, Lord God, their finances may be low, Lord God, their spirits may be low. We know you have abundance, more than enough. For you are the God, the great provider. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray and just ask today that again that we thank you for joining us this year and through this time and taking time out of your schedule. Whether again, whether any you know, of the ways that you could connect with us from Spotify to Google to Apple, Podcast, Amazon, um, iHeartRadio, any way that you're listening to us, whether you're in the U.S. or anywhere in the world, we pray that, I hope this, I pray this podcast find you doing well. And I believe that not only this podcast or this uh, episode or any of the episodes, my desire is to bring you Jesus, to let you know that the grace of God, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And my grace is sufficient for my strength to be perfect in thy weakness. I pray as we are on this journey in grace, I pray you Godspeed in Jesus' name. Amen.